SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't-miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code SEJNERD. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash SEJSummit2016. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen hard at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Marketing Nerds. Yay! I'm Brent Satoris, and I'm joined today by Joost DeVolk, uh, one of my good, good friends from a long, long time. We've uh, shared many a beers together, uh, Joost, and spent quite a bit of time together. Joost is the founder and CEO of Joost. Com. And uh, he also created, and what a lot of people know and what I uh, remember him most for is the creation of a plugin called, now it's called Yoast SEO for WordPress, but it was formerly known as WordPress SEO. And, and I think that's kind of a, a, a place where you kind of cut your teeth in the SEO industry as a whole, right, with that plugin? Um, yeah, I think it was, well, it's actually, most people think that that plugin is Older than it really is. I, I used to have a bunch of SEO plugins, uh, and then combined them about six years ago into one of them, one plugin. I've been in the industry for just shy of ten years now, um, and I think I did my first speaking gig in like two thousand seven. But see, I remember having the early versions. You know, <laughs> yeah. like before I, it was. It was it was developed for quite some time before I was. Well, wanted to let go. I, I still remember my favorite plugin. I forget what it was called, but they actually just made like the server company just got mad at me about it because it was so outdated. It was the one that took all the explanation points and all the weird stuff. Member out of the URLs. The the, the yeah yeah. Uh, 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 we actually still clean slugs. We actually still have that functionality in the plugin. It's yeah, it's, it's been in- integrated. But I still had the actual clean slugs plugin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. it was one of the first things I did. I, I, I remember from the good old times where I built Technorati spam plugins as well and oh, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's good times, good times. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the show. I didn't properly welcome you. I jumped right in. Thank but uh, wel- yeah. welcome. I'm, I'm really happy to have you. It's going to be a fun fun show. Good. Well, glad to be here. Glad. Thanks for having me. So, so you got into this um, by building plugins and from being involved, you know, just a lot in the SEO space uh, with a lot of really good people early on. Wh- where did you kind of get? Where, how did you see the evolution of this plugin kind of become, you know, Yoast SEO for WordPress? I mean, I remember it kind of slowly started forming together. But what was the progression of that? Why did you end up creating it? Um, well, so I was sort of scratching my own itch. Uh, back then, I, I was sort of in three fields. I was uh, doing SEO as a daytime job and was also doing a lot of work on WebKit, the, uh, which is the core of Safari and Chrome, an open source project. And I was writing about uh, the CSS free stuff that I was doing for WebKit on a website I had, css3.info, and I wanted to optimize that, and I had built that in WordPress, so I was literally building plugins to scratch my own itches. And at some point, I just realized, like, hey, I've got a lot of users across these different plugins. 
I should make one SEO plugin out of all of them. Um, I did that. I released it. I never really expected it to be as success successful as it did. Um, it, I think that somewhere in uh, 2010, when I finally stopped working for other people and, and started my own company, um, I had like a million users. Um, and I was still doing everything for free, not making a buck. <laughs> and um, some people kept telling me that I should be charging for that stuff, etc. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, not really how the world works, but I created a premium plugin, Video SEO. You might recall that we still have that, but back then it was way more powerful because you still had video snippets in the Google search results. Um, started selling that, and... Um, well, I sort of expected that to do like uh, a decent amount in a year, and the amount I'd figured we'd do in a year, we actually did in the first month. Uh, so, yeah, I had to hire people and, and, well, build a real company. Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people always say that. I mean, I remember I had built a website, Weird Asian News, and within like the first month after like launching it, people were like, oh, you've got to put, you know, uh, adult friend finder, you know, affiliate links on this one post, or you have to put some kind of, you know, uh, affiliate links in there. And, and yeah. people, you know, the idea is you have to really rush into making something on it. And I think that, you know, probably a lot of the success that you had on that plugin was the fact that you had really tested, you had really kind of gotten a lot of feedback. You'd done a lot of work with it prior to really making it, you know, a, a premium plugin feature. Well, and still, in, I mean, we we still invest heavily into WordPress itself and into, uh, into community building and into a whole lot of things there. Because you want to give back to that community and, and just making a profit is not good enough. That's not the why of why we're here. Um, so um, it, it, I, I think it sort of helps that people understand that we, we, we don't work like that. I, I think that I've kind of, we've talked about this a minute, but some people might not even know what we're talking about. What exactly is the Yoast SEO for WordPress so that people kind of have a sense of the high level view of what it is. So if you run WordPress and WordPress by default lets you add uh, give a page a title and content uh, but it doesn't uh, let you change that title for the search engines or and it doesn't let you have a meta description uh, and it lacks a whole lot of specific uh, SEO things like XML sitemaps, canonicals on a lot of URLs uh, rel equals next or rel equals prev, all these technical SEO things that nobody really wants to worry about. Um, WordPress doesn't really do well by default. Uh, we fix all of that. Um, and we give you an, an interface in which you can set the meta description, the title, and, and set Facebook, Twitter, uh, and other uh, social networks' metadata so that you get when the, your post is shared on Facebook, it looks good. When your post, post is shared on Twitter, it looks good. Um, so there's a, a whole bunch of things that it basically helps you do in, in how, optimizing how your content is viewed by other people. Yeah. How much of that do I need to set up? Because to be honest, when I put that plugin on my sites, I just turn it on and I never set anything else. So that's yeah. the whole point. Um, we try and make it work out of the box. So we do a lot of smart defaults. So we do auto detection of how many authors you have. And based on that, we do some settings and, and well, stuff like that. 
Um, of course, it it does pay off to go into that deeper and and um, and see like should I tweak this for this particular site? There's a ton of settings um, because well, you've you've been in the SEO or close to the SEO industry for long enough that you know that um, well, there's a whole lot of things that you can change on a site. Sure, uh, and and even SEOs amongst them have. Have heavy debates about how to deal with certain things. While well, you can change most of these things, but with uh, with with the settings, do you think that there's a couple like? I mean, look, every time you have an app, there's always like a couple things, right? I have a lot of tools where I'm like, look, you you don't need to do a lot, but change these three things. Like with using that plugin, are there certain things that you would absolutely recommend people set? Um. Well, no, what I really recommend people to do is once they enable it, well, you might want to check if your XML sitemaps are working, but normally they work by default. Um, and other than that, I, I would go into a post or a page and look at that Yoast SEO meta box that we created at that point and use the functionality in there to, opti to optimize your content. Because I, we truly do not have any settings that I really worry about in 99.9% .9 of the cases. Because if we think that something should be uh, A or B for most sites, then it will be A or B in our default settings already. Yeah. And do you find that you, do you have to change that every so often? I mean, or do you pretty much is it stay we, pretty consistent? It's relatively consistent. We do change some small things over time, of course. Um, sometimes we uh, we have some discussions with Google about how we do certain things. And well, since we, um, I don't want to say control, but it is really control in a, in a way, uh, uh, such a big part of the web now um, because our plugin runs on 11% of the top 1 million websites. Um, when we change defaults, we change a whole lot of things for Google too. Um, so we do sometimes discuss with them, like, how should we do this? How should we do that to make sure that we're not, um, well, breaking any rules or bending any rules? Well, you have to take that almost as a nice compliment in itself. I mean, you built a plugin that was big enough that it has the attention of the people that are installing it to, you know, well, yeah, work it, with. It, it, there's quite a few ex-Googlers, uh, out there and even some current Googlers that have blogs that use our plugin. That's always one of the most nice things to see when they when they start using your software to optimize <laughs> engine. So with, with SEO, did you find that this project really helped you to kind of continue to learn your craft of SEO? Or do you feel like you were doing SEO on your own and this plugin was just kind of a reaction of what you needed out of the site? <laughs> Um, it works both ways. Um, I have definitely learned a whole lot about SEO and how large-scale SEO works through this plugin. Um, at the same time, I also learn new tricks every now and then that I can't really put into the plugin because if you have good tricks and you put it on 5 million websites, they, <laughs> those tricks usually don't work anymore. True, true. <laughs> But that, that's another thing that you've kind of done because recently, I mean, over the last, you know, year or so, you've been, you know, 
putting together a lot more documentation, articles on the site. I've seen a lot more posts from you. And, and just recently you shared kind of, I don't know if it's out yet or not, but you shared with me the kind of the SEO guide, the new SEO guide that you put yeah, together. Yeah, so we, it's out, absolutely. Um, so we've been doing that for a while, We've been, we, but we've been amping it up quite a bit over the last year, year and a half. Um, so we have a couple of eBooks. Uh, the latest one is probably our most extensive one yet it's called blog SEO and it, well, it deals specifically with optimize, optimizing blogs um, which probably is what most people know is best for um, it's not even close to what I uh, do most of the time to be honest because we do a lot of SEO for e-commerce sites and I, and I do a lot of consulting myself on, on bigger sites um, mostly large news sites um, but uh, blog SEO is, is basically a, a, a a combination of all our knowledge on how we optimize blogs in a in a very holistic view. So not just SEO tricks, but talking about UX and UI and uh, content optimization and how you write good content for blogs and how you share that stuff and et cetera, et cetera. And we, we've been trying to do more of that because we find more and more, and especially as Google grows, that um, – all the technical tricks that we used to do in the past really don't make that much sense anymore. And if you're on a site that runs uh, WordPress or uh, another decent platform, Google will usually get most of it right, um, which means that it boils down to having a having good content and a good site structure and a good UX. It's like 90% of SEO now, which is fairly boring. Uh, well, I liked I liked the fact that throughout the guide when I was checking it out, you guys spent a lot of time really explaining why, like why is this matter, like what's the importance, yeah. what does it really mean for you as a blog owner? Yeah, if you don't understand what you're doing, um, and then, then you'll probably not really succeed at doing it. So we really try to make people understand, like, okay, so why? How would this work? Why would this be of value? And what we usually do is we explain why would this be of value to um, uh, a visitor. And if it's, if it's something is of value to a visitor, then it is of value to Google. And if not now, then in the very distant, in the very near future, it will be because that's where Google is moving every one of their metrics. Yeah. So um, we try to optimize for, well, in, in hockey terms, we, we try to skate to where the puck's going to be, not where the puck is. So one of the interesting comments um, that I have heard recently, and I won't get into from who or whatever, was just in, in kind of how you're starting to see plugins right away from Facebook and from Google. You're starting to see a sense of the adoption that WordPress is probably the favored platform um, and, and, and that they you know, are starting to kind of work really closely with them. With regards to what you know about SEO today and from the, the work that you've put you know, into the books and into you know, the plugins, what, what do you think is really still left for SEOs to really be adjusting on their website? I mean, do you see us getting to a point where literally people just install your plugin, push play, and they don't do anything else? Um, well, not for the entire web. Uh, I do see us getting there for um, for for blogs. Yes, I think we're all we're 
really already there for like 90%. So what you and uh, what an SEO becomes at that point is a good information architect uh, and not necessarily a very technical uh, type of person. At the same time, um, there's tons of e-commerce platforms, etc. out there uh, that still need work. And uh, I just think that the, comfort, the, the whole um, technical SEO part is moving from individual sites to optimizing platforms, which is a good thing because there's not that many good technical SEOs out there. So we'd, we'd better spend our time optimizing platforms than optimizing individual sites. Interesting. What do you think, what do you think is still some of the key things that SEOs need to be focusing on right now? I mean, just this year, not going into like 2017 where they're going, but like if, as an SEO, what would you, where would you spend your time? Like, let's even think that people are not as advanced, right? People who are listening are like, look, you know, I'm, I'm looking to run a blog. Like, what are the things that have a big impact right now in SEO for people? Well, some of those things have never changed. So it starts with decent keyword research. Uh, and 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 finding and defining um, your own niche. Uh, so finding the keywords that people are searching for that lead to something that you can solve, um, and then starting to write good content around that and creating a a, a, a a volume of content around specific groups of keywords so you can rank for those keywords. I think that hasn't really changed all that much. The only thing is that you really that you need not focus as much on the uh, on the technical side of, of content optimization uh, of optimization for the most part. At the same time, you do need some basic knowledge because if you're um, blocking uh, robots or you're making other rookie mistakes, um, which we do try and prevent you from making, but we can never always never completely do that. Then um, doing all the content optimization in the world isn't kind of going to help you if Google can't even get to your content. So um, there's some basic knowledge on the technical SEO side that's needed. I think everyone should understand how a crawler works, etc., and and just how Google in the basics um, indexes the web. Uh, and then I'd work on doing keyword research, uh, having people write that content or write that content yourself create a good site structure around it and make sure that the user experience on that site is top-notch so people don't bounce when they get to your site. What do you, what do you use, uh, what do you think is, you know, is there anything interesting when it comes to like keyword research now? Other, I mean, I know there's the main kind of big tools. I know a lot of people like SEMrush. Um, I know that there's, uh, you know, the standards that we've had for a long time. But like one of the things I used to love about Delicious was it was a great opportunity to identify key phrases that people thought about your content, right? It was yeah. like, how do people view my content? Um, I know you can look at AdWords a lot of different places, but are there any really good places right now for getting like clean kind of research on keywords? It's hard. Um, I, and the funny thing is all the tools that you know and use are useful to you and they're not useful to most of us in Europe um, because we speak languages other than English. Yeah. Um, and and for every other language than English, it's basically almost impossible to get good tools, which is why we f we focus on Google Suggest a lot, 
because just mining suggest data is probably still one of the best ways to to get ideas about okay so what are people searching for in relation to our main topics so just finding out what happens if I type in uh, Yoast and then an A and Yoast and a B and Yoast and a C and well, just using that data uh, to see like okay w which words come up which which types of words are people looking for um, and and then there, there of course there's a, there's a lot of uh, professional t uh, type keyword research tools out there I don't really like most of them to be honest um, because in a way they they're all they're all biased and you don't really know what they're biased by because they don't tell you where their data comes from. Yeah, I've found that or they're just they're too encompassing, right? They try to cover too much and it, yeah. it ends up being like, okay, well I have 3000 keywords now. I don't know what to do with them. You know, um, it gets to be a little tough. I like the idea of the the Google suggests. I mean, when so if I go in and I look at some phrases and I start seeing some, ooh, there's a, a couple phrases here. I mean, what would you say, like incorporating some of the keywords into your content? Or do you think like actually creating like an article that kind of resolves or answers the question that's being asked or the phrase that's being asked is, is the next step? I, I think that last bit is basically um, if it fits into your content well, uh, then that would be a good thing to do. If You, you might already have an article that... Um, it basically answers that question, but that Google doesn't see as a result yet. So you might rework that a bit to see, like, you know, to make sure that Google understands that you're already answering that question. Um, a lot of the Hummingbird update stuff was around Google trying to figure out how to give answers to questions in a decent way without even necessarily finding the exact words that I use in my question on the page. Mm hmm. So SEO is is slowly evolving away from keyword research into topic research, uh, where you basically figure out okay what uh, which topics should I write about, and then you figure out okay so these topics and what are the keywords around that which words should I use, and then you can do a whole lot of interesting technical stuff around that if you're so inclined. But for the average or beginning marketer, that's probably too far fetched. If you do want to look into that, then look at stuff like TFIDF or LSI. Uh, it's incredibly powerful, but it's also pretty hard. The, the, the TDIDF, um, is there um, any tools that are built around that? Or is there any, I mean, is it still just a concept that you kind of have to figure out on your own? OnPage.org actually has very good tools around that. I, I love what they have for that. So they have some very powerful TDF, IDF analysis stuff. But this is like, we're, we're talking about research on a corpus of billions of documents. Uh, so you're 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 comparing billions of documents. You're searching for specific types of content, and then figuring out which other keywords relate to that, how to use those, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think it, it, OnPage probably has one of the most powerful ways of doing that. I know uh, Moz recently came out with a with a tool for uh, somewhat related to that, but to be honest, I like the OnPage.org one most. And what's that acronym stand for? Do you remember? TDF, IDF, that's term document frequency and inverse document frequency. Um, there's actually a, a, a times, uh, so it's, it's t term document frequency times in inverse document frequency. It's a whole lot of math around that. <laughs> um, if, if you're into that sort of geekery, look it up. It's awesome. 
but I've also learned to not even bore most of my colleagues with it because, well, it's just too much. Yeah, it's uh, every time I've looked at it, it's been something that you know. Marcus Tandler talks a lot about that as well, um, and, yeah. and it's always super exciting, you know, to listen to. But it's like, what do I, what do I do next? You know, it's it's. Yeah, so OnPage actually has tools that you can just use without even really, basically, you know, really understanding the why of it. I just. I'm very hesitant to tell SEOs to, to use stuff that they really don't understand because we've been through this industry long enough with people doing that. Is there any future in having that included into your plugins? I mean, tying in on page or doing it on your own? I, I well, we we might do, we are working together with OnPage for some other stuff, so we might tie it into our premium plugin at some point. Um, the whole po problem around it is that it's a it's pretty expensive in terms of calculations, and everything we do in the plugin right now, so all of our content analysis stuff in the plugin, where we tell you, hey, you want to rank for this keyword, you've put, you put you put in a focus keyword, and we tell you what you what you need to do to rank for that. All the analysis we do in there, we do in JavaScript in your browser. So no no data ever gets sent from your browser to us or anywhere gotcha. else. Um, we can't do that with TDF, IDF. Um, so we'd have to grab that data from somewhere else, which is why I'm slightly hesitant because gotcha. there's a lot of privacy laws. And well, there's a lot of people using our plugin on sites that really don't want the content to be out before it's published. I mean, you can understand if StarWars.com, and yes, the StarWars.com blog uses our plugin. If they're, if they're posting about a new movie, they really don't want that copy to go out before it's published. Exactly. I, I get that. That makes sense. So let me ask you one more question. Um, you obviously are, are, are putting out a lot of information, uh, a lot of uh, you know, updates, a lot of guides, a lot of plugins. Where can people find all the stuff that you're working on right now? Where can they find you? How can they follow you? How can people kind of keep up with what you're doing? So it's yoast.com, Y-O-A-S-T.com. Uh, and we're Y-O-A-S-T everywhere. So twitter.com slash Yoast, facebook.com slash Yoast. Um, uh, subscribing to our newsletter helps. Uh, we we push out one every week with all the new stuff we've done that week. Um, we're a big team now, so there's uh, we're just shy of fifty people. Wow! Uh, uh, and uh, we push out a lot of stuff, um, a lot of code. So we're working on Yoast SEO for a couple of other platforms, uh, but also on improving Yoast SEO itself quite a bit. So we're actually working on stuff like. Um, uh, even more content optimization, but also writing optimization, helping you um, prevent yourself from using passive voice too much in text and stuff like that. Um, we're, we're trying to slowly build Word and rebuild Word into WordPress uh, and with all of its writing hints that I always thought were very annoying until I started reading more of my own copy and realizing, hey, we should actually be writing better um, and then we we did some tests and we figured out that the, when we we wrote better copy and we wrote copy that was easier to grasp than it actually did better yeah in, in social and in SEO so uh, we're trying to uh, to build a lot of stuff around that we have a uh, a linguist who's doing full time studies on how can we improve people's writing and what what can we do around that so there's a lot of cool stuff happening there and we well we we publish about that all the time. Well, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the call. I mean, I remember, I think it was almost nine years ago when we met at Oktoberfest. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous to realize how long ago that was. I know, right? <laughs> uh, it doesn't feel like it, but uh, it, it's it's definitely been a fun ride. It's been a pleasure knowing you. It's been a pleasure seeing you grow, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the fun things you continue to do over the next couple couple years. So uh, appreciate you joining me on the call today. Thank you very much, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.